This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Got it all figured out. Truth is, you don't. I've read biographies of godly men and women of God, and even at the very end of their life, they realized they needed to learn more. Paul, at the end of his, his ministry, in the beginning of ministry, he says, Of the saints, I'm the least of. But towards the end, he says, I'm the chief of all sinners, just before he was martyred. I mean, never. I mean, the Bible says, Foolish is a man who thinks he knows everything or has nothing to learn. We always need something to learn. We need humility to follow Christ. He's a gracious Savior, but one thing that can never stay in His presence is sinful pride. You must lay down your own agendas and confidence in your strength and capabilities. As Pastor Eddie will challenge us in today's message, if you want to grow and be successful in God's kingdom, it requires humbling yourself and submitting fully to the guidance and correction of the Holy Spirit. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he begins his message, Their Conversion. to 20. Paul writes, for this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because you received the word of God, which you heard from us. You welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in Judea, in Christ Jesus." For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans, who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they do not please God, and and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles, that they may be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sin." But wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, have been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your faith with your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again. But Satan hinder us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. In verses 1 through 12, Paul shared his ministry to the Thessalonians. In verses 13 to 20, Paul speaks about the conversion of the Thessalonians. So let us look at it verse by verse. Let's look at verse 13. Paul says, for this reason, we also thank God without 
ceasing. We thank God without ceasing. One thing you will discover and you will find, for those of you who have been in the body of Christ, you've been studying the word of God, you, you, you read the book of Acts, you read the epistles of Paul, you'll find out the apostle, the apostle Paul was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer. And he prayed constantly. Here in verse 13, he says, I thank God without ceasing, meaning continuously, constantly praying for the Thessalonians. And we study this back in verses 2 and 3 of chapter 1, where Paul opened up his letter. In chapter 1, Paul says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your, and he's speaking about, uh, here it is, the fruit, work of faith, the labor of love, and patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and the Father. And here's one thing, the, the church was thriving, they were doing great they were growing. Uh, Paul only spent three weeks with them. And even in the midst of persecution, they were being persecuted for their faith. They were being persecuted and they continued to grow. And so Paul constantly, continuously gave thanks for, the, for their fruits of righteousness. And here in verse 13, he continues that prayer. He continues saying, I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to pray for you constantly without ceasing, without ceasing uh, for this reason. And there are three reasons we're going to find in verse 13, three reasons. And let's look at them closely. Verse 13, he says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because, number one, number one, when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us. Number one, they received the word that Paul preached to them. So Paul is grateful that they received the gospel. And if they didn't receive the gospel, there wouldn't be a church. But they received the gospel. Now, the word received here in the Greek is paralabano. And it means to formally receive authoritative teaching as from an approved source. And this authority, the word of God is an authoritative word of God, and it is an approved source. And we know that. That's why it's the number one bestseller for all these years. There's nothing that sells more than the Bible around the world. So the Thessalonians did not just hear the word of God, and many people would just hear the word of God. Oh, yeah, I heard the word of God. Well, that sounds nice, but they received it. Many people hear the gospel, but did they receive it? And we can see the fruit of that if they received it, if, they, if their lives are changed. First, if they repented, they're convicted by the Holy Spirit, they've repented and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, and they continue on to grow in their faith. That's the evidence. That's the fruit of one who have received the word of God. And many, I've heard many people say, you know, that they received the word of God, but there's no evidence of it. And I'm not judging people, but there is no proof of it. Many have heard the word but not received the authoritative word of God. They have, in fact, rejected the word of God. They say, oh, that's great. I've come across a lot of people who say the Bible is a good book. Well, it's not a book. It's books. Well, there's 66 in all. And some would say, oh, that's a, it's a good book. It's one of the greatest literatures ever written. <laughs> some have said that the Bible was written by man. The word of God is authoritative. It's written by the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Lord has used man, 40 godly men. There are 40 authors in the book of in the whole entire Bible, 40 authors, and they were inspired by God. Some were kings, some were priests, some were shepherds, and they, many of them don't even know each other. In a span of 1,500 years, the book was all collected and is in harmony with each other. There is nothing that contradicts 
No passages of scripture, no chapter, no book contradicts each other. Not one. And you get people who really don't read the Bible. They don't even believe in God. And they always tell me in my job, I say, hey, you know what? Ah, the Bible is contradicting. I always say, well, listen, I'm going to give you my Bible. I'll give you a month. Just let me know. Where's the contradiction? Where's the contradiction? And we'll have a discussion. You know, you might be right. But since I've been serving the Lord since I was eight, been studying and teaching the Bible for, I don't know, maybe 18, 20 years, and I've always looked for those controversial you know, verses. You know yourself, many of you ask me questions all the time. And I love to answer questions. And I love the, the questions that I don't know the answer to. You know why? It tells me I need to learn something. It tells me that I don't know everything, which I don't. But I always tell them that. The Bible is inspired by God, by the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scripture, not some, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for, rec- for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Everything we need as far as uh, doctrine, reproof, and correction, we need to go to the scriptures. Not to a TV evangelist. Okay? Not to the bestseller. That's on, uh, I don't know, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, 10 Step to a Better You. Study the Bible and learn. True Christians in Jesus Christ must never consider the Bible, the Word of God, just the book. For the Bible is different in its origin, in its character, in its context, and its cost. Many people died because of the gospel. So now, the real reason the Bible is much more than a book is this. The Word of God is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Word. It tells us that. I'm not just telling you something from the top of my head. That's what the Bible tells me. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, it says this. In the beginning, before creation, was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He, that's the Word, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Speaking of Jesus Christ, without him, nothing was made that was made. And in that same chapter, we drop down to verse 14. It tells us this, and the word, the word that was with God, became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, that time of Christmas. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word is Jesus Christ. Receive the word of God, receive God, receive life. Now the second reason, the second reason Paul continually gave God thanks for the Thessalonians was verse 13, it says, number one, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, number two, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, The word of God. They didn't question Paul. Maybe they have. We don't know. But they received the gospel. That is why their lives are changed. And you can tell that they received the gospel. And the gospel was so powerful so much that they were willing to be persecuted. They're willing to die for their faith. Who would die for a lie? Who would die for a fairy tale? Who would die for a story? They believed in the gospel. They were being persecuted. 
Not only did they receive the word, they welcomed it. They accepted the word of God, not as the word of men, not as the words of Paul. They didn't say, Paul, you're so wise. No, they accepted as the truth of the word of God. Listen, no one can be saved. No one can be born again. No one can be made right with God. No one can enter the kingdom of heaven by the words of men. No one. One can only be saved and born again, be right with God through the truth of the word of God. And that is the doctrine. And quite often we talk about forgiveness, forgiveness of sin, forgiveness of sin, forgiveness of sins, but yet we forget to say, hey, how about repent? There are people remorse, you know, that they, they are sorry because they're caught, <laughs> you know? But there's a conviction to say, you know what? I messed up. I tried living my life my way, and I'm like... 50, 60, 70 years old, and I got it all figured out. I have my reasons to believe what I want to believe. I have my way that I want to worship God. I want to worship God my way. And so I got it all figured out. The truth is you don't. I've read biographies of many of the godly men and women of God, and even at the very end of their life, they realized they needed to learn more. Paul, at the end of his, his ministry, in the beginning of ministry, he says, of the saints I'm the least of. Towards the end, he says, I'm the chief of all sinners, just before he was martyred. We never, the Bible says, foolish is a man who thinks he knows everything or has nothing to learn. We always need something to learn. No one can be saved by the words of man, not even your way. The Bible says, it's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. It leads to destruction. Now, today's truth, we're speaking about truth, today's truth. Today's truth is so elusive and so fluid. Today you hear people say, truth is what I believe truth to be. Truth is what I believe truth to be. Or truth is what I say it is. Some have said there's no absolute truth. That statement itself is contradicting. You tell me there's no absolute truth, how can I believe that? Because nothing is truth, it's absolute no truth. Without God, there's foolishness. The truth, how about this common, you know, people say, it is my truth. That's very common, especially today. A wise man once said, there is no such thing as your truth. There is the truth and your opinion. And so, what is truth? Pilate asked Jesus that. Pilate asked Jesus, have Jesus been flogged before he went to the cross? And what is truth? Not realize, he's asking the question. The answer is right there. The, the truth is in a person. It's in Jesus Christ. Many have opinions, and boy, do they have them. But only the truth, the truth that's in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus' prayer, the Lord's prayer. Actually, people say the Lord's prayer is, you know, uh, thy, it says, um, our Father art in heaven, you know, hallowed be thy name. That's not really the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer, if you want to know Jesus' prayer, is in John chapter 17 when he prays for the apostles and he prays for you. That's the Lord's Prayer. That prayer that people quote as if it's some kind of magic formula is Jesus telling you how to pray. It's to tell you what to look for. It's not really, oh, I'm going to pray the Lord's Prayer. But in the Lord's Prayer, in John 17, verse 17, this is what he prayed to the fathers. to sanctify them, speaking about the apostles, you and I, by your truth. He speaks in the Father. Your word, that's speaking of Jesus, is truth. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one goes to heaven except through me. 
You can't go to heaven by Buddha, Muhammad, Hare Krishna, Gandhi. They're all men. They all died. They're dead. There's only one that's alive who rose on the third day. His name is Jesus Christ. No one goes to the Father except through him. And so the reason Paul gave thanks, number one, because they received the word. Number two, because they welcomed it, they accepted it as truth. And number three, at the very end of verse 13, it says, which also effectively works in you who believe. The third reason why he thanks God uh, for the Thessalonians is because they allow the word of God to work in their lives. And that is the purpose. That is why we hear every Sunday. This is why we learn and we grow. You can't grow on your own. There's no long rangers in the ministry. There's no long rangers even in the Bible. Even in the very beginning when God created man, he says, it's not good that man be left alone. That's why we come to church. That's why we couldn't forsake the gathering of the saints. We grow. We learn the Bible. Guess what we're going to study next Sunday, Lord willing, right? Chapter 3. We keep going. The whole counsel of God. We're not skipping a word. We're not skipping a verse. We're not skipping a chapter. We're not skipping a book. We try to teach as much as we can. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. This is how we live. You feed yourself food three times a day. Obviously, if you look at me, maybe four or five. (laughs) But we need to feed ourselves spiritually by this, by the word of God. That's the only way you're going to grow. I can't tell you. This is inexhaustible. There's no way you can learn every day. No way. This is too much for man. There's no way it could be... uh, you know, written by man, by flesh. There's no way man can absorb it all. I've read chapters multiple times, and every time I read it, I don't get anything out of context, but I do get different insights. Why? Because the word is alive. It is Jesus Christ. And sometimes it's hard for me. When we get to heaven, we're not going to have a Bible. So, I mean, I work, you know, I carry by where I go. Is it one in my truck, in my other car, one in my garage, on my workbench, and one by my end table, and one they carry everywhere. And because Jesus Christ is going to be there, that's the reason. He's the word. So the third reason Paul gave thanks is because they believed that they effectively worked in their lives. Now, The Greek words, the two words, effectively works, effectively works, is one word in the Greek, and is the word energio, which we get our English word energy, energy. And what what the meaning is action, something that's active to be working. And so that's exactly what the word did for the Thessalonians. That's That's what the word does to me. That's what the word does for you. It works in you so much that there's an energy, we're energized, if you will, to absorb the word of God and let it work in us. It has to be in you before it comes out of you, right? God has to work in your heart and you need to fill yourself up with the word of God in order you to be effective in sharing the gospel, ministering to one another, but setting the example as well. So the word of God energized them, if you will, and it transformed them, it conformed them to be like Christ. They continued to grow and to be fruitful. And this is what Paul pointed out in verse 5 of chapter 1 when he talked about the power of the gospel. It has a way of working in us. They received it. It worked in their lives. But he also talked about the gospel in 
First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, it says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, number one, and number two, in the Holy Spirit, and number three, in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Now, this can happen only if you believe. You have to believe. And belief is, is, a, is, is, a, is, a, is a general word. Yeah, believe, believe, believe. No. We're talking about a belief that affects your life. It's a belief that affects your life, and you see the fruit of what you believe in. You are what you believe. Believing is nothing. We all, there are a lot of people that, are, you know, that don't go to church, that never surrender their life to Christ, and what happens? They say they believe, but there's no fruit of it. But I love what James says. You believe. That's great. That's fine. I'm kind of paraphrasing here. He said, even the demons believe. What's the difference between the demons who know one day they will be taken care of and at the very end they will be destroyed? What's the difference between the devil who believed that Jesus is God? They were up there. Remember, they're they're fallen angels. They were up there. They They stood before the glory of God in his throne. They believe in God. And I like to add this. There's not a demon who's an atheist. But what does belief? Belief changes your life to say that you believe in God. And people say, I believe in God. I'm a Christian. Yeah, by name. Oh, I just was born and, you know, Christian. You know, my family's Christian. Yeah, I go to church. But never surrender their lives to Christ. Never repent to say, Lord Jesus, I accept you, my Lord and personal Savior. And I need you in my life. I believe and I want to live my life according to your will. That's what repent means. Turn around. Turn around. The kids learned that in VBS this week, by the way. It's good that they learned that. And so... They believe. They received the word. They accepted the word. And uh, it worked in their lives. Now, verse 14, it says, For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in Judea, in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans. Now, Judea is that Area in Jerusalem, if you have a Bible with the maps at the end, you'll find it. it that consists of the cities of Jerusalem, Caesarea, and Capernaum. And the early church was birthed out where? In Jerusalem at the day of Pentecost. And what happens? And if you read the book of Acts, you'll find that, yeah, 5,000 gave their lives to the Lord. They surrendered just by the preaching of uh, the apostle Peter. And, but what happened was they, cont- they just stayed among each other. Until persecution happened. Until they were persecuted. Then it went out to Judea. As Jesus said, wait for me in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. They did that. They did receive the Holy Spirit at the day of Pentecost. But the problem was, they didn't move out. And that's what we need to do. We need to spread out. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the church was birthed out in Judea. And so the churches of Christ were almost made entirely of all Jews. Some people forget that. The Jewish believers in Christ. Uh, today they call Messianic believers. There are a lot of them. And keep praying because God is doing the work amongst the Jewish, our Jewish uh, brothers and, and, you know, I will say our Jewish friends. And they're becoming brothers because through Jesus Christ. I'm Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of 1 Thessalonians with us here on Running the Race. There's much more to learn from this New Testament letter, but our time has come to an end for today. Before we go, we'd like to invite you to visit our website to hear more messages from Pastor Eddie. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com. 
There, you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 10 a.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. If you're in a place of blessing due to this radio ministry, and you'd like to know how you could partner with us, we'd gladly accept your support. Here's Jessica to tell you more. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what share will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time, right here on Running the Race.